0: And now the spiel. Hello. Usually, this is where I come on and say, And now the spiel. And you're going to get the spiel, but here's what I'm doing. I'm handing over the spieling stick. Did you know about this? I got, I got the idea from the conch on Lord of the Flies. We determine who's going to do the spiel by who's holding the spieling stick. And I, I'm usually holding the spieling stick. But today, I bequeathed said spieling stick to the hands of my colleague here at Slate, Seth Stevenson. So Slate Seth Stevenson's spiels with the stick. He had a great story on an interesting Democratic politician named Seth Moulton, and I've been meaning to read it. Instead, I'd rather hear it. It's how I best get my information. Here now, Seth Stevenson.
1: So a while back, some editors at Slate suggested that a good profile subject for a Slate story might be Congressman Seth Moulton, who is a sophomore Democrat from Massachusetts. And I was picked as the writer, I think in part because I'm about Seth Moulton's age, and I grew up in Massachusetts not too far from where he did, and I even share a first name with him, so I guess I might have some special Seth-related insight into him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to, uh, as someone who got married three months ago, I want to congratulate you on engagements. What you
0: should be doing is giving me some advice. You got any advice? Three months in. in.
1: And I realized pretty quickly that in fact, despite our superficially similar backgrounds, we had led very different lives. Because straight out of college, after graduating undergrad from Harvard as a physics major, Seth Moulton decided to join the Marines. This was summer 2001 and it was a few months before 9-11. How did you expect your military career to go? What were you foreseeing? I expected I would do exactly three and a half years, and the most excitement I might ever get was a peacekeeping mission in the Balkans. And I also
0: thought that I would check that box and never have to serve again.
1: He got a lot more than he bargained for when he joined. He ended up doing four tours of duty in Iraq. He went back even though he didn't have to. And eventually he spoke out about his opposition to the war. He did a lot of media appearances that gained him a national profile. During one of his tours, he did a show on local Iraqi TV with an interpreter named Muhammad. It was called Moulton and Muhammad. And Moulton became so close with Muhammad, the interpreter, that Muhammad later went to stay with Moulton's family in Massachusetts while Muhammad was seeking asylum. But perhaps the most amazing thing about Moulton's military service is that he was awarded a Bronze Star for fearlessly facing enemy fire in Najaf, which is a major award for valor. And then he basically didn't tell anyone about it, not even his parents, for years. When he eventually ran for Congress in 2014, the Boston Globe dug into his military records and presumably they were looking for some dirt. But what they turned up was that Moulton had been given that bronze star and, in fact, another medal for valor. And he hadn't bothered to mention that at all during the campaign because he felt it wasn't appropriate for a Marine to go around telling war stories. So you put all this together. And he goes on, he gets an MBA from Harvard and a degree from Harvard's Kennedy School of Government, and he impresses people along the way, like General David Petraeus and General Stanley McChrystal. And you throw in the fact that he's this tall, handsome guy, an extremely fit ex-Marine. He cuts an impressive figure. And people are already talking about whether he's going to run for president at some point, even though he's been in Congress for only one and a half terms. That's why Slate thought we'd profile him. That's why The Politico ran a long story about him over the summer, talking about whether he might be president. So it seemed worth looking into. Is this guy, this handsome, decorated combat veteran, he calls himself a progressive Democrat. He's already an incumbent congressman at the age of 38. Is this guy the savior of the Democratic Party? Is he going to be a huge star? Is he going to be a senator? Will someone make him their Veep nominee in 2020? Will he run for president and try to beat Donald Trump, the draft dodger? It seems like the diametric opposite of Seth Moulton in every possible way. So I went to see Congressman Moulton out in Iowa when he gave a speech at the Polk County Steak Fry in Des Moines. Thank you, Polk County Democrats. How are we feeling today? This is an event that used to be hosted by the Iowa Senator Tom Harkin, and it's been viewed as a place to kind of launch a national political career. And Seth Moulton opened his speech by saying, Now, a lot of you must be asking, what is a sophomore congressman from Massachusetts doing speaking here in Iowa? And yes, indeed, Congressman. people were sort of wondering that because everybody kind of knows when an out-of-state politician with big ambitions goes to Iowa to give a speech, he's putting himself out there for some kind of consideration. And there he was on stage in Des Moines in front of this monstrously large American flag. C-SPAN is broadcasting the speech. The Washington Post has sent two reporters to cover this event. So I was there too, in Iowa, to size Seth Moulton up. And in the course of watching that speech and in interviewing him one-on-one on a couple of occasions. I started to develop some impressions of Seth Moulton, the politician. Not Seth Moulton, the military man, or Seth Moulton, the triple Harvard degree guy. Seth Moulton, the politician. One thing I decided about him as a politician is he does not yet seem to have the common touch. Maybe it's his military background, maybe it's his New England upbringing, but he's just a little bit flinty among the people. And the speech he gave didn't really seem to connect emotionally either. He attempted this preacher-style call and response as he was coming into the homestretch, and he put on a sort of half-hearted, gravelly preacher voice, and in my opinion, the crowd was not fully on board. Say it with me. We will raise you up. You can do better than that, Iowa. We will raise you up. One more time. We will raise you up. So when you see... I don't know, maybe put that one back in the oven for 10 minutes, Seth. It doesn't seem like it's fully baked yet. But the bigger problem is, it's not really clear what Seth Moulton stands for. He's been a reliable Democratic vote in Congress. Um, But beyond that, I'm not sure what he's after. He told me on a couple of occasions he thinks Democrats need to put forth bold ideas. But every time I press him on what kinds of bold ideas he had in mind, he offered only really vague mush. I'm, I'm here to listen. Are there specific ideas from other people in Congress that you feel are particularly bold, and the kind of ones that that, that you think are what the party needs to get behind? There,
0: there are a lot of bold ideas out there, but I think it's a, it's a little too
1: early to see. You know what? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening right now. I'm understanding, trying to understand uh, what matters to people here on the ground. It doesn't matter how bold an idea is in Washington; it matters whether it will make a bold difference in people's lives here. There are some bold ideas out there. For instance, a lot of Democrats are pushing for single-payer health care, which would certainly be a bold new direction for the country. But he's not getting behind that. Or you ask him about identity politics, about the fragmentation that's happening over race and gender and sexuality, and he'll just quickly sidestep it one of the sort of battles we bring within the Democratic Party is this thing about identity politics and do we need to de-emphasize that because that is divisive? How do you feel about that debate that's happening?
0: I think it's an important debate to
1: have. As some of the issues associated with identity politics are critical moral issues. Um, but we've got to show
0: America that that we don't have a plan just on, on, on these so-called identity politics issues, but that...
1: We can be. We have a plan for the economy that uh, we know how to provide for a strong national defense. Uh, we've got to lead on those issues as well. His speech in Iowa didn't spend any time addressing things like police brutality or criminal justice reform, and I suspect he'd prefer not to talk about things like that at all. He'd like to stay in this vague larval stage where he leans really heavily on his biography as a military hero, but just talks in broad, uplifting terms about how he's going to make things better without any real specifics. Which is fine. At the same time, it seems clear that this is a guy with a ton of ambition and a hurry to get somewhere as a politician, and it'd be nice if we were clear what he stands for. The thing he's got more attention for than anything else so far is his open willingness to hate on his own party. For instance, he wants Nancy Pelosi to step down. And when I asked him why, he had two reasons for that, and neither one had anything to do with policy positions. The first was that Nancy Pelosi has been effectively demonized by Republicans so that her approval rating is very low and Republicans can use her in ads against Democrats who are running for office. So that makes her a liability. And his second problem with her is that he feels she keeps young and talented members of her caucus down and holds them back. And of course, implied in that is that one of these young, talented members of the caucus is Seth Moulton, which is sort of the crux of the question with Seth Moulton. So this is a guy who's done ridiculously courageous, selfless things in his life and his military service, but he's also a guy whose political ambitions are just really obvious and seem to grate the wrong way on some people. A guy who's barely in Congress with no political experience beforehand, and he's already taking aggressive public shots at Nancy Pelosi, who, whatever you think of her, has been around Congress for a while and is a competent older woman facing off against a brash, inexperienced young guy. This guy, at age 38, has already written one of these myth-making autobiographical memoirs about himself. It's titled Called to Serve, and it's got a picture of him on the cover in his military camo and wraparound sunglasses. It's coming out soon. This is a guy who goes to lunch with a Politico reporter and orders a glass of milk with lunch and declares, I love milk, which is kind of wholesome, but also performatively wholesome. Here's a 38-year-old guy who's in front of a reporter and says, I love milk. A couple weeks before his Iowa speech, I went to spend some time with Moulton in Massachusetts. And his comms team had set up this day where he was going to give an award for service to someone in his district who'd done a noble, public-spirited deed. And then I followed Moulton around as he did photo ops with people picking up litter. And it was a little frustrating to me, because the idea was for me to spend time with this guy and get to see how he ticks. And here was this carefully staged tour. It was all about service. Service is great. We should all give back. But it's also this incredibly anodyne thing to wrap yourself in as a politician and to stand above the fray because who can question the wonderfulness of service? And I feel like that is kind of Seth Moulton in a nutshell. That's his approach. Even when I tried to dig in on service and asked if he thought we should have mandatory national service, which is another bold idea that's kicked around for a while in the Democratic Party, he wouldn't even get behind that. At the same time, I started to feel some sympathy for this guy because he's done these amazing things in his life. He's smart. He's ambitious. He's done this heroic military service, and he's got some wuss, me, questioning his motives, which is absurd. But all that stuff, what it adds up to is a political candidate with a resume perfectly crafted for a different age. Here's the handsome, polished, centrist white guy, the ex-Marine. He's kind of an updated John Kerry in a way. And it's not clear that's at all what the Democratic primary voter is looking for in the age of Bernie Sanders. Another polished, very politically cautious white guy with a Harvard degree and a nice side part. And if somehow he did get into a general election, would he really be the guy who could reach the heartland white working class voter that he seems to be targeting in Iowa, the person he wants to swing back from Donald Trump? Because here's a coastal elite guy, the cream of the coastal elite prep school, three Harvard degrees, confident technocratic fellow, thinks he should be in charge. And based on 2016, it's just not clear swing voters are looking for that either. So maybe Seth Moulton will get better at giving speeches and better at baby kissing and glad handing, and maybe he'll be exactly what people are looking for by the time it's his turn at bat. But for now, Seth Moulton occupies this uncomfortable space in American politics, and I'll be very curious to see where it takes him.
0: And that's it for today's show. Gist producer Dan Schrader believes millennials are the new breakout session. Gist producer Mary Wilson was named to the 40 with a body temperature in Celsius under 40 list. Steve Lichtai is executive producer of Slate podcasts, He doesn't paywall his insights behind the self-actualization paradigm. The Gist, formerly dominant in the podcast space, now undertaking a pivot to reggaeton. oom pru de and thanks for listening.